Caffeinated Drinker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am Louise Salas, your host, and with me, as always, is my very, 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 very talented friend, who is so fine on the vine, Mixtress <laughs> DC Gina. Hi, Louise. I don't even know where this is going, but I secretly love it. So Swing with it. me, will ya? I'm out. Uh, <laughs> so, it's actually an opening line of a very famous commercial. And I think if I give you the tagline, you might get it. It's not nice to fool Mother Nature. Come is on. this uh, is this shampoo? It is not. It was actually Damn. margarine, chiffon margarine. Oh. Remember, she'd go and lightning, and in this one it was just kind of crazy. I didn't remember this. That she actually swings on a vine past an elephant. Who knew? Who knew? But um, and this sold butter. It was all about margarine because it wasn't nice. So you would, yeah, because it's not nice. The full month of the day, she would get like margarine and she thought it was butter. It tasted <laughs> so much like butter. You remember that though, right? Uh, it's late 70s, I mean, late 70s. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. So it's just, it's funny that like how we go full circle though. And like, this that, is a good one though. I'm into you. You think yeah. about it, like, yeah, this yeah. is like we, we start off like they would. And think about it, in the 70s, they were like pushing margarine that wasn't real. And like, if I did a little research on how you made margarine and where it came from. It's really kind of bizarre. But it's funny how we've gone full circle because like in the 70s, you ate, you didn't eat butter because it was bad for you. And you ate this weird synthetic product that tasted like butter that could fool Mother Nature. And now we go full circle we're back to where you eat whole foods and real foods and things that I are I can't like- wait to you tie this up. How do you, what are you talking <laughs> like, about, I'm, Louise? I'm rambling. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So go. where it comes from is because of today's designated drinker. Yeah. I want to know how you're going to wrangle this one in. Do it. <laughs> I'm swinging on a vine, Gina. Um, <laughs> so today's designated drinker, she's not only the first woman to start and fund her own spirits company, but she also pioneered the organic spirits industry here in the United States. See how I got there? I know it was a long, it's a long trail. A I, long, I mean, yeah. Got there. I thought you were going to say she also performed triple bypass surgery from all the margarine eating. So. Well, no, now you just drink her vodka and it just helps you out. Okay, so, got it. So let's welcome to the show, stop all this silliness, and welcome to the show, the founder and CEO of Square One Organic Spirits, Allison Evanow. Evanow. Ah! Evanow. That's okay. <laughs> Nobody ever gets it right. I don't mind. It's, it's me. It's all me. <laughs> Jones. Uh, Jones. Yes. yes. Allison Jones. Jones. Is much easier. Yes. Jones is much easier. We're made a name only on this show. Okay, yeah. well, Allison Jones. But then there's a lot of me. Whereas Alice and Evanaw, there's, there's, yeah. I'm the only one in the country. There can only so. be one of you. <laughs> so let's talk about, I think, like, when we just go down, like, any, like, women first stories are always, how can you not champion them? It's, it's great, and it's great that we're having new ones every day, and yeah. things are changing for the better, in my opinion. Um, but tell us about, tell us, where did you find all this audacity to be such a trailblazer and go down into this realm of spirits? Yeah. Well, I mean, ignorance is bliss. It definitely, <laughs> you know, still, uh, still holds true today. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was in the wine and spirits industry working for larger companies and uh, on a personal level, I was kind of very much a, into the cocktail scene and I was yeah. watching that transformation of what was back in the 80s, 90s, that kind of fruity, foofy, too sweet, girly, not so nice, real ingredient type of cocktail thing. And then watching people like Gina and others like her across the country making really great craft cocktails. 
but realized that particularly in the vodka category, nobody was really making a lot of vodkas with really great ingredients gotcha. and real ingredients. So it was a little bit of that kind of aha moment of watching what was happening behind the bar and realizing that there was a category of spirits that really didn't fit what those bartenders were trying to do. It's awesome. It's always great when you hear somebody say, I saw this thing happening. Yeah. It just kind of, it, it, I was at the right spot, right time, and you saw a problem, found a way to to solve it. I mean, yeah. it's great. I mean, really, it's it's pretty amazing, but it really does take some cojones just to take to be that first one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember saying to my husband after I had the idea, literally in the middle of the night, and I woke up the next morning and said, "Honey, I have this idea for this, uh, for this company." And and he said, "Well, what is it?" And I told him. He said, "You need to do it." And I said, "Really? You're not going to talk me out of it?" And he said, "Yeah, because if you don't, especially because the whole thing was every but everything had to be certified organic, a real key component, Mother Nature. Yeah. That's how she probably tied it in. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it was was uh, was, uh, <laughs> was that everything had to be certified organic, which was part of the proof that we were using real ingredients. Mm -hmm. And so he's, I remember him saying." You know, you're from the industry. You know what you're doing. If you don't do it, you're gonna you're gonna be so upset because somebody else will do it if you don't start what I think was the first all organic spirits company in the U.S. That's great. That was 2004. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's a short time now. It was a short time to do something so massive, so big. Yeah. Be the first anything. That's awesome. <laughs> so speaking of, how do you guys know each other? You have a little history, I think, huh? I mean. We do have some history. Um, Allison, I mean, this is what this is my this is how I met Allison. I was working at a place in um, Chinatown, and Allison came in with this gentleman, and she's sitting at my bar, and she's like, "All this thing you're doing here, you need to be using my product, blah 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 blah." Right? And I was like, "Okay," and we start tasting her product, and at that time, I believe I'm almost positive it was only Square One, and she was maybe going to be doing this cucumber. Maybe. Correct. It was not a real thing yet. Right. And we're, we're, so we're tasting it. And of course it turned into dinner and then it turned into, well, let's walk down the street and meet my friend over here. And it just, you know, kept going on and on and on. Right. And long story short, she just opened, launched in the DC market and she's like, you have to go to this thing with me. And I go, I'm like, this lady's crazy. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> and, um, and she had her friend with her at the time. And we're not supposed to say on the show, whatever. It is her friend H. Yeah. Was on, was working for her at the time. And we were, and they were there. And we're like, like oh, they, we're doing this thing in New Orleans. It's the second year, right? The second yeah, year. Yeah, it was the second year. Second year. And it's just it's just a group of bartenders, you know, coming around the country, a couple people from other places. And we, we're just meeting and teaching each other stuff. It was the second year of Tales of the Cocktail. <laughs> and I was like, I'm like, I, my boss is never going to give me off. She's like, no, you got to come. You got to come. And she paid for me so graciously to come. And I shared a hotel room. And this perfect, pretty much a stranger, right? I mean, <laughs> pretty much anybody. I mean, a couple of drunken nights in D.C. does not constitute you're my best friend, right? That's, you know, so a serial killer happens. I didn't know. She could have killed me in New Orleans. I mean, there's ever been a thing called Tales of the Cocktail. So we went down to Tales of the Cocktail. And she had all the stuff lined up. She's sponsoring panels and all the stuff. And I'm sitting there and it and it all hits me like what is happening? And it was the first time and I knew then that this was my career for life. Like I knew what I was doing was what I loved to do. Yeah. But I knew that now there was a platform for us to do this. And when I tell you something's happened in your life and you don't know why, that's why. 
Yeah. And like I owe a big, big, you know, chunk of my like career of being there and meeting everybody at ground zero, really. When you think about it, that was like the beginning before anybody existed, before, you know, whatever. And Allison was was making a path for the industry itself, the industry itself, and she was making a path for women to come through there because it was very, very clear. Yeah. Those first five, six years that you were, we were one out of 15, one out of 18. Sometimes you were one out of 20 in a room. Yeah. And holy, thank you. And <laughs> damn. And, yeah. you know, we're not talking a long time ago. You know, no. when you think about this, this is not that long ago. I mean, yeah. I clearly remember. I, and I think about like, if my grandmother was still alive, what would she think? You know what I mean? You know yeah. what I mean? Amazing, right? So let's talk about more about you, but like, <laughs> That's how we know each other. No, but I think it's really great. It is really, it is really about you. All of what Gina said is it, because you shared that passion yeah. and that love. And, you know, I mean, that's, I applaud you for that. That's awesome. I mean, yeah. it's great when you hear people make, be successful, but then to share that journey, to give a hand, to applaud young talent, yes. to push young talent. And to help each other. I mean, Absolutely. I really think that's one of the things that we women do anyway. It's just kind of part of our nature. And I think it was very much that trying to get this community together and help lift everybody, whether they're behind the bar or sitting at the bar. Yeah. You know, and so I think that was kind of the beginning for us as a friendship and a relationship, industry relationship that's turned into a friendship, even though we don't see each other as often as we say and we want to. She moved, but I think it's somewhere in the notes. We're going to talk about your big move around. <laughs> so um, she was in California at that time. And then what other things that people don't know about you, which I find crazy bizarre is that Allison as well as her other friends in San Francisco all started doing these um um oh god that's escaping me what was it what was it a terminal at the at the market you guys called oh, it we the did festival the, um the um square off it's the, the square we yeah. did a cocktail competition the first one we did was between a professional bartender and then a, a rookie a, a, a rookie and you know who that rookie was that one right who Abigail Gulo. No way. Yes. So she also got started because she was, this is a bartender, was in New York, but she was a teacher, I think, at the time. Yeah. And she won the the non-professional version and we flew her out to compete kind of a la Iron Chef style yeah. against a professional bartender. And they had to shop at the Ferry Building Farmer's Market, get all their ingredients. We had the whole secret ingredient thing too. So they had not only the signature cocktail that they used to win their side of the competition, but then they had to create things on the fly. Right. And we had oh, all these cool. consumers there enjoying their drinks. And and really it was the first time anybody had ever used the, the San Francisco Ferry Building Farmer's Market for a cocktail, anything. And it was all wow. those kiosks, right? right? Didn't we have all the kiosks for the cocktails too? Yeah, we well, had little, yeah. well that then later then the USBG, the Bartenders yeah. Guild, yeah. then kind of started doing a lot of events there too. So I mean, I would like to take a little credit for Absolutely. having been the first brand, if you will, to do that. And we had to jump through a lot of hoops legally sure. with the farmer's market to be able to make sure that we did everything properly. And now it's kind of, a no-brainer and and we've done that in several places around the country as well and and what's cool is the woman who won the she won the 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 amateur side she unfortunately lost in a very close competition to the professional but now she is a professional and yeah. then she ended up at and working in new orleans yeah. and i think she's on her way moving to seattle she now, moved to seattle now. Yeah. so she's wow. in the industry too and she wasn't sure whether that's really what she wanted to do. And I think she caught the bug. Yeah. And I think you're right. What happened then that happened with us, 
is that I think all of a sudden everybody saw that this was a career platform and the creativity and, you know, very much like chefs behind the bar and that you could do it and it wasn't, oh, I'm just a bartender, yeah. which I think the industry before that thought that's what it was. So it's kind my of, real job. It's kind of yeah. cool from that standpoint for me that we've done a lot of firsts. And that's I, awesome. I don't talk about it a lot, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then Allison tricked me. <laughs> which one I was, was this? Because I was when I was there and they were like her and... And and H who worked for her was like, okay, so you're gonna come and help us. We're gonna fly you out, and you're gonna you're gonna come help us. Now I'm yeah. a kid in DC. Like I'm gonna get flown to California to make cocktails. Right. Da, da, da. And then meanwhile they're like, stand here. I'm like, okay. And you're gonna make 600 cocktails using balsamic vinegar. I'm like, by the time I was done that day, my oh, hands were right. black. Yeah. And I was like, and it was good balsamic vinegar from yeah. from California, so yeah. it was really sticky. So I'm saying that I make all these drinks, and I look at H at the end, and I was like, this was this is a trick. And he goes, did you slap the basil? Because at that point, basil, big, big clap on the basil was a big thing, right? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I did it. He goes, well, he's like, now you finally learned something. And that was it. <laughs> and you know what? But you know what's really crazy? You make one cocktail, you know, three, 400 times, right? Yeah. Minis. yeah. Do the basil. And by the time you get to like that 75th slap, you might have gotten like yeah. down where you're not bruising the crab at it. It's yeah. because your hands are numb. Yeah, but then yeah, you just yeah. flat. But then you realize yeah. the, the slap no longer is really this that you're thinking it is. It's actually a cupping and you're cupping it. Right. And you're actually creating an air pocket so you don't tear the leaves. But you don't learn that on, on basil leaf one. So you learn that in the course of the day. And I was like, this is some crazy stuff. Yeah. But So I say, um, since we're talking about all these firsts, why don't we do a first taste of what you get? Yeah. This is your she first brought... square one experience? It is my first square yeah. one experience. All right. All right. So um, well, she goes neutral. I, Go neutral first. Bro. I can't wait. Well, you know, it's funny. A lot of people uh, that I talk to now, they just say, you know, why did you start an organic spirits company and, and or an organic vodka company? And I yeah. said, well, I like to say that I started an organic spirits company, an organic botanical spirits company. But the real reason is because at the time, vodkas were mostly using fake ingredients, fake flavors. Some guy in a lab coat was creating strawberry number 39. Yeah. They were not buying strawberries from farms or anything like that. So really the the whole idea behind it is that's what we do. And, and the base that you're tasting right now, square one organic vodka is the base of everything we do. And that was another thing that was critical for me was using a really, really well crafted base vodka to do everything else uh, instead of going to a cheaper version once we move into the botanicals. So, you're drinking 100% certified organic rye, which is unusual yeah. in the white spirits world. It's more common in Russian and Polish vodkas than in the United States. Um, but we buy all of our rye from farms in Montana and we distill it in Idaho. So we are truly a farm to bottle uh, brand. That's not very common in this industry, especially in the vodka industry. It's very, yeah. it's kind of one of the little dirty little secrets, if you will, is that a lot of craft distillers will buy somebody else's bulk alcohol and then redistill it one more time and then legally they can say they distilled and bottled by but they didn't actually make the base wow. and we make our own base. Oh, there's a this very is... big dirty secret of it yeah. in, this... in, it's very popular too and everyone this thinks is... yes yeah really this is it you know it as i sip this it's there's nothing harsh about it mm -hmm. it's almost sweet but not in a bad way not in a flavored right. way that it's just so easy yeah yeah. When you look at their products I and mean, how you know a good way to know that like it's organic stuff is on the top. Look on the top. You see those, there's, an oil, there's like yeah. an oil component yeah. to it, yeah. right? When, so I almost, when I held it out to you, I could see it's it. It's almost like a hue and like, um, you know, right now you're looking over stuff and then you look at like uh, a white 
you can actually see it like based on the white a little bit better. Mm -hmm. There's like a little sheen to it. And like that sheen is because she does use rye. And also the sheen comes from the fact that it's, it's her processing on the cut. She's not using, so there's a heads. So you have the heads, the heart, and the tails. Yep. She's cutting a little bit after. Some people would have taken the head earlier. She takes it just a little bit, like right. a little bit right after. Mm -hmm. So she's actually losing mo money. So so <laughs> from a financial thing, I'm like, you're losing money. But yeah. she's actually giving you a better product because you're not getting that little tail end of the top. Right. So that's right. where the um, acetone is leaving you. Yes. Right. And and that was critical because again, we're not really we're not using sugars. We're not using. Um, it's very commonly known among the bar community, not so much the consumers, that uh, glycerin is the is, is a little trick of the trade. You throw glycerin into your vodka and it masks the kind of industrial alcohol, yeah. the yeah. acetones and whatever. And we we wouldn't do it, but we legally can't and still be certified organic. Gotcha. And so that's just such an important part of the whole process is that we really truly only use the heart. And when people say, well, why am I paying you know more money than XYZ brand and we are more expensive? Uh, it, it's because we give you just simply a much better quality product. Yeah. So you you get what you pay for and, uh, and, and that's it, really the case. It's really, really, um, I mean, it, Often, you, you, if you taste spirits straight, you're gonna whoo, get a little heat. That's yeah. just lovely. Yeah, that's yeah. just lovely. And it's room temperature. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. And, and you know, and, but just so you know, we are drinking out of these lovely glasses yeah. at the hour. <laughs> Somebody's grandmother's beautiful little. Um, these are actually a bamboo. They're actually the bam. They're a bamboo um, print on there. So yeah. these are these are probably. Oh, it's an etch. It's an etch. So these are probably. I'm guessing, and Victoria can correct me, but I'm guessing this is. After World War One, so probably so just so, based yeah. on like what they look like, so they're probably you know or you know just in like you know good uh, oh. eighty year old glasses. Cool. Oh, what is this? So what this, is this lovely this is, little? This is our cucumber vodka. We were, um, I think, the first company. I know another company came out kind of around when we did, but I'm pretty sure we were the first company to ever do a cucumber vodka, and it's certified organic as well. It took us three years to develop. Didn't you taste one of the early versions? And yes. it was pickles or something. Yes. It was just so hard With to do. Dill. Yeah. It was a dill version of cucumber. I, I don't know. All I know is it was just, we were struggling. And it's because cucumber oxidizes and it gets very kind of gunky and funky and slimy and, and just didn't work. I and, often, sometimes find those in the bottom of my refrigerator. I, exact, I yeah. know exactly. So you know. I mean, and, and, and <laughs> so, real. you know, we're, we're like chopping up the cucumber, throwing it in the vat and letting it macerate and thinking, you know, okay, well, we'll filter it or we'll redistill or we'll do whatever. And, and really, it, it kind of really didn't work. And so, you know, the genius of my distiller, who I'm the one that comes up with all these crazy ideas of what I want our spirits to be, particularly because I want them to work in certain styles of cocktails, but he's the scientist, right? So yeah. he's the one who knows how to put it all together. And after three years of nothing, of things tasting like pickles, he said, okay, here's what we're gonna do. I used to be in the organic aromatherapy business and I know how to distill plants using alcohol as the extraction technique. And I'm gonna call up all my old you know, industry pals yeah. and I'm gonna tell them what I want them to do. And we're gonna do a micro distillation of the cucumbers with high proof neutral spirit. And we're gonna extract the flavor from the cucumber under a vacuum still. Uh, type of pressure uh, situation. So you're you don't have to cook it. Yeah, you're you're really doing almost a cold extraction, a little bit warm, but and by doing it under vacuum pressure, you're not letting it oxidize. 
So that's why it stays super fresh. It is And when amazing. we make these distillates, they only last about three months. So in other words, they we get them, we order them on demand when we're getting ready to do a production run. And at the moment it goes into the alcohol, the alcohol preserves it. But until then, it starts, it will start to oxidize. So yeah. it's like order it and get it in the, you know, yeah. in the production run right away. Get her and in the bath. Yeah, yeah. And so um, I think this is, you know, not just because we were one of the first, but I think it's just really great that we kind of started a whole category. Now there's sadly about 20 or more in the market, but I still say that nobody can touch a candle to us, you yeah. know, um, and I think it's because of the quality. Do you know what would you do with this? I mean, other than the fact that it's just... Hold on, hold on. I want to say something. Go ahead. That process is super important. Like, I I realize, like, the consumer doesn't understand how important that process is, what they they kind of pioneered and how they... Other people were doing it, and that's also, like, where the rotary valve came out of. But that process, when you take it and you basically, um, uh, you know, she's saying a vacuum seal, you're denatured, you're... you're, you're, you are cooking it in a way. Yeah. So you're, you're using negative pressure to pull out all the oils. And um, if you've ever used a vac, if anyone's ever used um, a vacuum sealer yeah. and you've yeah. seen it bubble, have you ever seen it bubble? Like as yep. you're pulling the air out yep. and then it goes, it goes like this. That's the moment where you're getting that greenery that you're tasting in this product. Oh. And you have to be super like specific when you're doing that because when you do that when you finally get that then you have another saturation point so now you have this alcohol and now you're going to marry this alcohol with another alcohol and, it, and maybe the same i don't know if you're doing the same neutral at the same at the same proof level which probably makes more sense and then you'll add the water back to it in order to get it to where you want to drink it because you can't drink it in that state you'll right well you I don't know if you're like if you're it's a little it's below 140 you could drink it not go blind but I'm gonna guess it's in the 160s we proof it before so we yeah. proof it before okay. and then add it back in at the yeah. end gotcha. yeah yeah but it's I mean I I think now when I look at, at companies that do this and and we don't do that in house because it just takes the sourcing is actually the hardest part it's not so much the technical equipment it's the sourcing of the cucumbers or whatever but the other day i was at a, at a company that that does this they do organic essences and distillates and things for, for for clients and i i popped open it wasn't even my 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 vendor but i popped open the vat and there was the cucumber sitting in there with a high proof you know neutral spirit and and they were actually doing it for a, a cosmetic uh, organic cosmetic company and I just kind of looked at it and said, wow, because that really didn't exist, you yeah. know, 14 years ago, even so much that much, maybe in a little bit of cosmetics, but not in oh, what we were doing. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And now, and the, these these custom distillates and making them that way, this it just, I'm everything just, before was just a lab coat guy faking out a flavor, you know, instead of yeah. really distilling real botanicals. I mean, think know? about like the perfume alone of Fresh, like that Fresh yeah. brand. Yeah. Um, they use a lot of cucumber in there and stuff like that, but that wasn't something. Not, but that brand's not that old either. Yeah. So like that wasn't that wasn't something that people wanted to smell like. You know, yeah. they don't. It was they want to smell like you know what I don't know rose petals and so Chanel. What would know. you as uh, so as a consumer? What do you know? Oh, what sorry. would you suggest like with this cucumber? Super, I mean, other than the fact that it's just delicious and uh, honestly, I can honestly, do it chilled. Really, I was gonna say this is a really beautiful product with chilled, and like you know what's really nice about this is that you don't have to do much to it, and like the really easy thing to do at home would be like just honestly make a really beautiful martini with it, and I would do. And I would just do uh, two parts of the cucumber and then one part of the um, of vermouth. And like maybe if you're feeling a little rambunctious, you could throw a little piece of thyme in your vermouth. 
and let it uh, like mature a little bit in there and just mix the two things together and maybe like one drop of like uh, orange bitters would be really nice. So when you put your, um, that's it, put thyme in your vermouth, would you put it in the bottle or would you say you pour out what you uh, want to use? Depending on how much you drink. If you're going to make like a pitcher of martinis for your friends or your friends are coming over for a party, put it all in the bottle because you're going to use it. Yeah. But if you're going to sip it, I only say like a day on that. So like I would just take a little bit out and put it in there room temperature and let it set and then when you're done, pull out the time and then put it in your refrigerator. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You so can, a day. Yeah. It depends on how hot your house is. If you're one of those <laughs> wackos that keeps your heater at 73, you know, you're talking half a day. You're like one of the, like, you know, to keep it at a comfortable 68 because you actually know what your energy bill costs, then, you know, maybe like a day, like 24 hours. Yeah. You know, if you're my grandmother, it's 89. <laughs> my grandmother thought it was a good idea to keep everything in, like 100. You walked in there and you like immediately stripped off your clothes. And then she's cooking some sort of pasta dish. And you're like, lady, it is meltingly hot. Now you want me to eat pasta with meat sauce. You're, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, she was 89. I mean, yeah, she lived with me 96. So you know what? Whatever. Maybe everyone should keep the house at 89. I don't know. So what do we have next? This one is really fun. In fact, Gina has uh, some experience with this one as well at Tales of the Cocktails. Wow. So so this is Square One Botanical. And um, my goal here was to make a juniperless gin. I, I jokingly say it was on its way to gin and never got there. And, and I think people yeah. say, well, why didn't you make a gin? If gin inspired a lot of what you did, why didn't you make a gin? And I said, I, I'm making it because there are so many beautiful gins out there. I almost kind of don't want to compete with other brands yeah. that I love. Um, but the idea was, I know there are a lot of people, I'm talking really more about the consumers who, when they don't like gin, they don't like juniper. Yeah. Or what they probably don't know is they also don't like a lot of those roots and barks and things like that. Oris. Like, like orris root and angelica root and things like that and chinchona bark and all these you know strange things that you would never get out of your garden. And so the idea behind Botanical was to, to really give you a, a garden mm. variety spirit and so it is i even had to fight the government over the labeling because for them if it's not set in a category a la put juniper in it it's gin then it's flavored vodka no matter what they want to call everything flavored vodka if you start with a natural a a, a, a grain neutral base and so i literally was fighting them on how to call it yeah because the way the laws work we are gonna have to put all this other mention on the front label of well all the ingredients that go that's crazy you guys need to create a category called botanical spirit because there's more that are coming well so they did nice so well they, done. they they were willing to put let us put the name botanical spirit on it and now there's probably all these craft distillers around the country are all doing no juniper fun little botanical things yeah so i think again you know we kind of push the envelope with both the government and in the spirit and and so this one is is two varietals of pear, rose, lavender, chamomile, lemon verbena, wow. coriander, rosemary, and citrus peel. And what I like about it, and Gina can certainly speak as a as a as the mixtress, um, I like the <laughs> fact that a a consumer who maybe isn't that comfortable with making you know amazing craft cocktails can look at the botanical list and go, oh, I'm going to use lavender syrup, or I'm going to use fresh rosemary, or I've got lemon verbena from my garden, and rep and use that as a fresh component along with the fact that it's in the spirit. Absolutely. Instead of again maybe having to rely on um, classic yeah. cocktails, they can they can come up with something new using a little bit of our own botanical selection in a fresh format. And S super easy with this, which I love with the botanical um, for everybody that's home is buy buy a lime. And skin your lime and just use the lime skin. So take your botanical, stir it, put it over ice, stir it, put it in your glass, and then it just express the lime peel over the top and let the oil sit on the top. 
because the, it plays against the rose, um, the, the, woody, the woodier herbs in there. It's so beautiful, which just a little lime oil will do. And you can and you can do it with olive oil if you're more if you're a little bit experienced, if you're an experienced mixologist yeah. and you're not use olive oil in your drinks, you can use a little bit of olive oil and actually flavor your olive oil with maybe um, you know, I would maybe like even I would actually use rose tea in there yeah. and olive oil and then yeah. put like three drops in there. So instead of having a garnish of you know, you know, people put in their martinis, they drop a bunch of crap in there and they eat olives and blue cheese and all this shit. I mean, is that good? Yeah, if you're on a cruise ship and they only have this crappy, you know, spirit. But <laughs> I, I wouldn't do that. I would just a little expression and that's it. And this, you know, well, let, this is so gentle. Yeah, let it, it let let it like wash over your your palate. It it, yeah. it feels like it a, also makes you hungry. It, it's like a, silly wise, but it does. <laughs> yeah, it does. Well, because it's got food in it. Yeah, I think it, that's what it is. It's because it's got real botanicals and things and I think it opens up your appetite and this yeah. one's forty five percent alcohol too so it kinda gets you going a little a little a little sooner. I like that little little <laughs> shimmy you just did. Well, yeah. if, you have a restaurant, if you have a restaurant and you're looking for something to serve, you know, you're doing like a pairing or something like that, this botanical is a, is a great is a great um beginning cocktail instead of like you know just doing the classic like aperitivo or aperitif and like and like doing something like this like it yes it is a higher proof and you can mix it a little bit but like it's really beautiful because it's, you know you sort of salivate and you're like you're ready. Is this something that you would say is? And we've talked about this before in other episodes. <clears throat> a fifty fifty then? Could do a fifty fifty with it, but I think you'll lose it a little bit because it's very it's very feminine. Even though yes. it's forty five proof, it's a very feminine product. It is. And like there's um sometimes uh, when you want to do a fifty fifty, if you want to do a fifty fifty, you're looking for something. It's really weighted on the back end gotcha. because that vermouth, vermouth that you're using or whatever aperitif you choose to use, you know, it's got a lot of sugar, even though it doesn't seem like it does. And the sugar will kill the distillate. Oh, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So like a 50-50 drink might seem like a good idea. You're like, oh, I'm going to put a new martini. But really at the end, you're like, well, I've had six because yeah. they don't taste like anything because they're like too balanced. <laughs> and then you're just like, slap, slap, slap. And then the next thing you know, you're like really shit-faced instead of maybe having one. I could yeah. see um, sipping this being shit-faced pretty quickly. I'm just saying, because they go down, yeah. it goes they down do. so easily. This is my they're favorite. So, this is my favorite so, too. Everything we've had so far, yeah. and I can't wait to find out about this one. It's just so well-balanced and yeah. so easy on the palate. Yeah. They're really lovely. And we have not changed the formula at all. From the beginning of any of these so uh, the botanical launched in 2009 and it is the exact same thing and so i'm i think that just proves how balanced it is when all these years later we're going to celebrate our 10th anniversary with botanical we haven't had to tweak it um and but i think gene is absolutely right one of the biggest challenges i've had is is making sure that the bartending community and the consumers at home don't treat it like a traditional gin the juniper and the other or uh, the other roots and barks and gin have that kind of weight behind it to hold up against things like in a Negroni. I mean, this is beautiful in a white Negroni, but you can't use even your bitter component can't be too bitter because then it overpowers it. So yeah. it is a very delicate, beautiful floral spirit, but it can't use a heavy hand. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So what do we have in this one? This what one's this? really fun. So, you know, I have to say I swore you know how they say never say never? Well, I broke my never say never. I, I swore I would never do a quote unquote citrus vodka because it had already been done. Yeah. But I did have several uh, distributors across the country who really were doing a lot in the higher end craft cocktail, you know, spirit world that said, you know, if you had something with a little citrus in it, I think it would just 
it would be great. We could really sell that. And I said, okay, well, you know, I'm not going to just throw one thing in it and be done with it. They said, that's why we're asking you to do it. So that's unusual because most distributors don't want anything new yeah. um, for a couple distributors to say, we see a, an opportunity for this. So, so that's kind of where we started. I have personally always been a huge fan of bergamot. Um, and so <laughs> I love it both in Earl Grey tea, which is what it's most famous for. But what a lot of people don't know is it is an 85% of the world's perfumes. Oh. And the reason for that is it is considered one of the very few citruses that kind of has all of the different notes. It has woody, grassy, floral, citrus, and so, yeah. And 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 <clears throat> and and so what it does on a perfume level is it it's a binder. It binds all the other notes to it. And any kind of perfume with sandalwood is always going to have bergamot in it because huh. the sandalwood needs the bergamot to work. Things like that. So. So, and that's the beauty of, of, of my distiller having been in the perfume business is he knew how to work with it, not obviously on the palate, but he knew how it binds. Yeah. And so we built the whole spirit around the bergamot. Now bergamot, if you've ever tried to eat a bergamot, it's the sourest face you'll ever have. <laughs> it's worse than any lemon. It's so bitter. It's so sour. It's so pungent. It's so you, hard to get on the East Coast. Yes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it might as well just be a it, unicorn it, fruit. Yeah, because it's mostly grown. I think something like 90% of the world's bergamot is now grown in Southern Italy and, and along the Mediterranean uh, oh. coast. There's a little bit in California. There's maybe a little bit in Florida, but you're right. You, you can barely get it. So um, so we built it around the bergamot, but then it needs, because it needs to bind, it needs other things. So it has a little mandarin, a little navel orange. We actually distill the whole tangerine, peel, oh. pith, and pulp. So you're getting both bitterness and the oils and the juiciness. So mm -hmm. that's kind of what provides a little bit more of the juicy note is from the tangerine. And then, of course, because we got to do what we got to do, we put in juniper, ginger, and coriander. So those kind of warm spices give it the the weight you need yep. for you to kind of take it in a lot of different directions in a cocktail. So, you know, an average consumer who's not comfortable with, you know, craft cocktails can literally make a pomegranate Cosmo and it's the best thing you've ever had on the planet. But then we have a lot of bartenders putting it with Amaro's and vermouths, red vermouths. And one of my favorite cocktails is in a sherry cobbler, which is a very old school drink. And I do a 50-50 bergamot and, and, and uh, Amontillado dry sherry in a cobbler. And so it really is kind of an unusual spirit that it can kind of go in a lot of different directions. It makes and, total sense. Montiano, yeah. the sherry she's talking about, it's salty. Right. It's got a salinity to it. It mm -hmm. doesn't actually physically have salt in it. It is a salinity <laughs> quality. And I could just see where those two actually, you hit them together and it would be like, it would be the driving force. As a matter of fact, salt with this would probably be amazing. And I didn't even think of it till right now as you're talking. I'm oh, like, yeah. Damn, I should have done salt. I didn't salt. think about that either, but that ah. probably would work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we've had a lot of fun with that. And mm. and um, this one, we do have a lot of bartenders using that as um, instead of an orange liqueur. Yeah. Because it's dry. Mm -hmm. So sometimes they want to use, they want to manage the sweetness level. And so they're mm. using this actually as a modifier, not as a base because they want to use the orange component, but they don't want the sugar that comes with being a liqueur. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So Two different things I would have done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, okay, whatever. <laughs> Sorry. All right, we, well, we have one more to go. I am I am not going to lie. I feel it. I'm feeling, oh, yeah. I'm going to switch glasses. We have no, yeah, yeah. I have no, no bucket. That's fine. That's okay. We're going to just get, we have, I'm the good thing is one. we're at the hour shop when we have lots of glasses yeah, to one. choose from. Let me okay. this one. Okay. Oh, All right. What, let's, let's clean. So let's there's clean. a reason let's I taste here. the basil last. 
This is gonna, if you didn't want to eat before you had anything, now you will because this is this is gonna open up your appetite and it's a big boy. It's gonna hang out with you for a little while. Um, the square Ooh. one basil, we- Ooh, That's right on the nose. That it is, is so good. It is. We um, we started we started the development with five basils. Uh, we ended up with four, and I'll tell you why we ended up with four. So we started with um, Thai basil, lemon basil, yeah. sweet basil, Italian basil, and actually purple holy basil. The problem we have with the purple holy basil, it was so peppery, it took over. But the really big problem was the government. They're like, nobody's ever used purple holy basil in a spirit before. You have to go through all this testing to prove that it's not hallucinogenic, that there's nothing wrong with it, that you're not going to go blind. And we're like, forget it. You know, it's already too peppery and the government doesn't say, says no. So purple holy basil is out. Um, but we also found when we worked with the basils that the Thai basil in particular can start to take over. And not so much in the cocktail, but when you taste it straight. So what we added to it was, again, I love coriander. It's in three of my spirits. Coriander, honeysuckle flower, and oh. lemongrass. And believe it or not, the honeysuckle flower is what pulls everything together and it takes off that very peppery edge. green vegetal edge so that you get basil without vegetable yeah and it's because of the floral components of the honeysuckle That's so interesting yeah and then part of the citrus components of course of, of the of the lemongrass and so you don't really taste them on their own yeah but they play a really big role in making sure that it's that it will work in a cocktail and I'm, this is shockingly versatile i'm just gonna cocktails. say this you saved the best for last in my <laughs> opinion but i just really love the basil that you just it's just right up my alley mm -hmm. where bergamot is genus this one is just I this i beautiful i'm not saying that you don't i'm just no. this one is like I, question yes why now so you can sell this one way because you know everything. You sell this one way because you know everything that's in there. Right. Like when you look at some of these liquors that are out there, spirits, whatever. The reason why they sell so well is because everything's listed. Right. Why not list it? I do list it. No, I mean, like, where does it say on like? Right there. Uh, <laughs> we purposely. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm talking about. This says coriander. This says a little bit. Where? It does. It does. It's somewhere on there. We always, we always list all of our botanicals, and the re and people say, oh, people are gonna copy you, and I go, yeah, well, good luck, right? Yeah. I mean, it, the cucumber. Let's face it, I knew we were gonna get copied because it was very straightforward, yeah. right? But the moment we went into these multiple <laughs> multi botanical profiles, <laughs> I said they could try to copy, but they're never gonna be able to copy because we're using multiple botanicals. So, but so we list them all precisely because I want people to know, you know, what's in there. Yeah. I missed that. Yeah. This, it's because you're uh, on your fifth little sip. Oh, <laughs> whoops. <clears throat> yeah, this one is though. Uh, so. I'm going to make a cocktail while okay, you guys are chatting. Chat it, it up, yep. and I'm going to make a cocktail. Great. And here's, um, so, you know, I might change it a little, I think. I think I'm going to change it based on what I have. So what I made was a turmeric uh, milk with a little bit of white cacao uh, mixture. We're going to put a little bit of orange in there. And this is to use the um, bergamot as a more of an after dinner drink. We don't we don't do a lot of this on the show, and I realize like there's a whole realm of drinks that I don't even touch. It's like things that you drink after. That's so it's like orange focus. But now I'm thinking, hey, I just might I might I might hit it with just a bit of uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I can't. I'm like I'm like gonna toss up right now with the basil or the botanical. 
and I and I think honestly because the milk, I mean if you haven't had this this white cacao which is in a buttery texture, mm-hmm. and then uh, the, 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 the turmeric and yeah we're gonna we're gonna do it. we're gonna do it. we're gonna do two different spirits. So if you're making this drink at home, you gotta go buy two spirits. So <laughs> oh darn. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I hope I you understand. I have to pay for college for my twins. I, I know, right? <laughs> so we're gonna modify it. We're gonna modify this a little bit on how much of each one's gonna go in there. So originally, this is gonna be two part, two ounces of the bergamot, and we're actually gonna wind up doing one and a half and a half. I still want this to be the forward tasting taste. Of the taste. Mm-hmm. Let me make two I hope I'm still <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> what happened, everybody? This happens on this, the show. I know, this but I, I literally thought for sure that this would not be the episode where I'm slurring. I'm slurring. Am I slurring? No. I'm just from New York. I'm from New York. You just mumble. Yeah, hang on. I don't slur. There you go. Yeah. So, by the way, I just want to tell everybody that we are pouring this cocktail in 24 karat gold glasses, which is ridiculous. Yes. whole thing is ridiculous. I love everything here. Victoria. I know. Everything that's here is crazy. I love it. So, in there, you saw a big chunk of white cacao. Oh. So what's going in? Will that, will that, when you shake it, will it? It's gonna basically what I wanted to do, and it sounds so silly. It's like so it's been in there, it's infused, it's sat in the refrigerator, it's done all the things it needs to do. It was cooked, it was warm. Now it's cold, and like normally you would take it off the top, but I find when you shake it when it's in there, the little butter pieces of the cacao actually really are really nice when you're mixing it with the ice and everything. And then we're gonna double strain it. So Oh, okay. It'll still be clean. Yeah, yeah. Emulsifies a little bit, I would imagine. Just a little, just a little, and it's actually really, like, really nice. Excuse me. It's okay. We let her do her magic. Exactly. Exactly. These are beautiful glasses, though, aren't they? Yes, they really are. And you know what I love about them is that they're small, so you can you can have more than one if you're, you know, with somebody like Gina who's so creative and can make multiple cocktails if you're together. I know, but it's that's one of the things we found at Tales of the Cocktail that was always challenging when we would do the pairing dinners. So we would bring in, you know, amazing bartenders to work with the chefs at these restaurants at Tales of the Cocktail. We would pair the cocktails with the meal. Well, if you serve a full-blown cocktail and a four-course meal, people were lit. Yeah. And and when, I've been to those dinners. So see, you know, right? But and, 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 and not in a good way. You yeah. Know, because it just is kind of overwhelming. And I love little glasses like this where you still feel like you're getting a full cocktail. Yes. It's more than a sampler, but it's not a big giant martini well, glass. You know? Apparently, we recently learned that um, this is the rule of three, right? Um, <laughs> um, three the three the three um, martini lunches because it was three ounces. That's why this is a martini glass. You yeah, it's a awesome. every day, right? Yeah. yeah. So they would drink a one ounce No, so this martini? is a three, three oh, ounce oh, martini. total by the yeah. time they've shaken it down. Oh, that makes so you sense. you see the top? Like, it's in there. It's like oh, programmed yeah. up a little bit more. So now we're going to finish this with a little bit that's in there. So this is actually a bit of marigold. Oh, and pretty. obviously... I know. Sorry, it's excuse my tongueless. I'm tongueless. <laughs> I know. It's so pretty. Well, I know you well enough. I'm touching it. And at home, are you really going to use a tweezer for it? No. Oh, they're pretty. I mean, can I not throw it out there? <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so um, finally, I think I'm ready to serve you a cocktail. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Beautiful. I'll make three. Beautiful. Enjoy it, please. I will. I have plenty. So, <laughs> cheers. Cheers. I love the color. It's beautiful. Shut the front door. <laughs> Whoa. So I wasn't gonna I was gonna put originally oranges in there and I figured it doesn't need it anymore. I don't think it needs it at all. And you know, this is goes back to the basil. What I love about the basil is depending on how you use it, use only half an ounce, right? Yeah. It 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 supports, it doesn't have to lead. It can yeah. lead if you want it to, depending on what you do with it. But it also nice it nice it likes to kind of sit back and kind of support from behind. Because I get the herbalness without identifying what it is. Yeah, the basil you, takes aside. It's very, yeah. it's quietly in there. You know, I changed it. This is a mid-course. This is a palate cleanser. This is going the other way. You think? Yeah. yeah. I feel like we could make this like frozen. It would be an awesome. It's like, like a oh, little creamsicle. Yeah. It's a little, it's. Yeah, yeah. but do you, you taste that like back end where you're getting like the hairy, that little grassy note, oh right? Gosh. That's because it, the turmeric is playing against her, uh, the orange. Yeah. So the, the, uh, the orange flavor, that navel orange, the tangerine is like starting yeah. to pull it. And then the citrus note, you don't need any more citrus because the, the bergamot took care of like, right, right. like that, like the need for lemon or bittering. Right. Yeah. Right. But which, it, I mean, I this, may look, this may look, it's not heavy at all. No. The mouthfeel is lovely, obviously, but it's not a heavy drink. It's no. drinks so light. It does. Even though it looks thick right. and heavy, right. it's not that at all. It's right. very misleading. It's You're a trickster. You got to give me DC. this recipe. You're a trickster. And it, I'm so <laughs> glad you put the, the 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 basil in it with it. You know, yeah. I, I didn't think it would have been too sweet the other way. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. could have been a different drink. It could have been yeah. a different cocktail. Yeah, yeah, but it's delicious. You know, I'm okay. starting to think would it, would it would a hint of like one pyramid of salt be amazing in there? Yes. Mm -hmm. Damn. Yeah, a little. See, this is what the beauty of like being on location somewhere is like, oh, we're the hour, I'm always glasses, but now I'm missing my arsenal of different salt. So that you like, can play with it. Yeah. You get beautiful glasses by the by the dozen. But yeah. You know, so the grass is always greener, isn't I it? I know. You can never have everything you want, Gina. It's the story of our lives. You can. You're Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> working towards that. I'm going to have two shows. One dancing show, one singing show. I'm going to have both. And be 50 and look yeah. 29. I know. You're such a bitch. I know. I love it. And by bitch, we mean we'd love to have you on the podcast when Absolutely. it comes to New York. <laughs> Do you know, Dave dated her. It's not a lie. I'll tell you the story afterwards. It's okay. a funny, funny story, though. <laughs> I, do, I do love that one. It's a good lie. Um, so, you got anything else, Mama? I mean, I feel like we should have Allison on again. Oh, well, yeah, let's do that. Sure, that's an easy one. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> we go to Virginia this time. Yeah, yeah. we'll sit back. Come, come see me in Charlottesville. Yeah, we'll bring somebody. Or we go to sit the back. distillery. That's what I'm saying. We sit back. Oh, it's, I mean, you know the song, Your Own Private Idaho? Trust me. My distillery is in their own private Idaho. It, it will take you forever <laughs> to get there. It's beautiful. I mean, yes. that's the beauty of it is that it's literally in the middle of nowhere. Therefore, that's one of the reasons why the water is so clean, because it's in this beautiful watershed of the Teton Mountains. Um, and that's fabulous. But I don't think you want to go there. It's going to take you like all day to get there. So I say we just go hang out at her place. We need a beach. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that sounds even better. Sign. <laughs> you, you know, now we have uh, the weather forecast. So, so we're good. Exactly. So before we go, if you want any, um, obviously, you're definitely going to want this recipe. This one is a little complicated, but it's definitely going to be worth all 
all the time it takes to get there. Um, so you're going to want to head over to designateddrinker.show. That is designateddrinker.show. And Gina will have all the pro tips for you and how to pull this together. Um, and then the other thing we want to make sure we do is we're going to put a link to Square One for um, our listeners who um, may not know or want to learn more or find out more about you or where to, where to find your product. More recipes more on our recipe. website. Yep, yes. yep. We'll yes. set, make sure that your the link is there so they can easily find you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Wait, should we ask Allison before we go? The last question? Yes, go ahead. What is your... What, so, you know, everyone's in the spirit animal. I want to yes. know what your spirit fruit is. My spirit fruit? Yes. Oh, my goodness. You're asking what my spirit fruit is? Does it have to be a fruit? Can we? Can it be a... No. For Allison, it has to be fruit. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Um, Mine's Gina. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think what it's like, you know... I don't know. First thing that pops in your head, what is it? it? They're nothing. I mean, my my spirit, like if you said, what's your spirit herb, it would be thyme. Okay, we'll I take mean, it. Spirit I, I herb. Use thyme and everything. So should I change the category to fruit, thyme, or yeah, yeah, I think yeah. ingredient. Yeah. Or... Uh, we should just do, yeah, what's your spirit ingredient? Okay. <laughs> I just don't want everybody to go down the road of it. It's me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not so making huh. me think about that, you know? What my spirit fruit is. I love time in a drink, though. I don't know. I mean, I would say kind of one of my when it's when it's perfect. Yeah, a black raspberry. Oh my god! But they oh. have to be perfect. The problem is, so many of them are too sour. You know, but you know, you really should have been on an episode this summer in June when we went and picked black raspberries. <laughs> oh man! And I had all the prickle marks on my fingers and they were swollen. Yeah. Wow. You can do that. I just found a new episode you'll show me on. So. <laughs> Also, maybe back with us in the summertime when <laughs> I go into the fields and pick these because you can't buy them anywhere on the East Coast because God forbid you should buy any good produce on the East Coast. <laughs> that is what I miss the most about living in California. That the farmers markets really, really, they, we have them here, but it's not the same. Yeah, <laughs> uh, location, location, location. I know. Right? If we weren't here, we wouldn't have Gina, right? See, <laughs> see, my favorite fruit. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note. I'm going to bring a glass. We're going to shut down the show. We're going to sit back and you're going to have a cocktail. Done. All right. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thanks Salute. for having me. I appreciate it. Cheers. Delicious. Cheers.